What is up, Leia? Not much, man. It is just a beautiful Friday. Time for a hot tag. Woo! You got that nice Alliance uh, cap on again this week. It's a thing of beauty. Yeah, man. Oh, how's it going, man? It is, uh, it's been a Friday. I mean, it's been a week. I, I know that this is a good day for you, sir, and I tip my hat to you, but, uh, it's been a struggle this week, man, and I'm I'm glad to see this uh, SOB take off, dude. I uh, it's you know, it feels like the further we get into you know trying to come out of this pandemic and trying to get back to normal, and but we still have all this stuff going on, and there's an election going on, and there's just so <laughs> much, there's so much crap, man. It's like every time you open open up your phone and social media, it's just like negativity negativity but guess what this is the friday hot tag this is your beacon of positive pro wrestling talk where you can just take a break from all that mess and uh just come and talk about some pro wrestling with me and jake so everyone that's here live make sure you're sounding off in the chat let us know your thoughts but we're going to get right into it today uh, we're going to talk about uh, kind of a broad a broad topic, sort of like we did last week, but we're going to talk about storylines in wrestling. Um, you know, obviously it's a pivotal part of wrestling, um, but there's, you know, storylines in wrestling of, of all shapes and sizes and different capacities. And, um, you know, the question that Jay Cal and I were tossing around um, you know, privately in our, our text messaging was, you know, the necessity of storylines and where are they necessary, where are they not? Um, things like that. And then, you know, just examples throughout history where you had matches with storylines and matches without and how different people approach it. So, uh, J.K., I mean, I'll let you start off. I mean, when, when we're talking about wrestling storylines, what's kind of your, your baseline thought on it? Are, are they completely necessary? Or are there exceptions? Or, or what's your thought? Well, I mean, so as wrestling fans, we could all take a look around the, the landscape and see how different wrestling promotions do different things. Obviously the WWE has always been very storyline driven, very character driven. Um, I mean, that's dating back to even when I was a young little lad watching Hulk Hogan, tell me to say my prayers, eat my vitamins and uh, you know, and believe in the power of the Hulkamaniacs. But in the landscape today, that's not always the case. We don't need to have necessarily character-driven uh, wrestling promotions. We don't need to even have um, storyline-driven wrestling promotions. Um, I don't normally like to bring up a certain individual, so I won't bring him up by name, but I'll mention his wrestling promotion that was based in Southern California had absolutely zero storyline. Every show was just, it's a match. There was no storyline. There was no continuity. It was There was no recognized championships. It was just a show in a cool venue, in a cool place, and that's what they did. Conversely, uh, you know, of someone like uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood or, or even, um, you know, Primetime Live, it's starting to get into its own where they are starting to introduce storylines. Hollywood has always been about the storyline, but now we're starting to see the formulation of storylines on Primetime Live. And I think at that point, um, you know, it should, again, it should be noted that these, um, these shows make a lot of sense to have the storylines that connect it. But then, like, you know, Mission Pro, the, the, the show that you guys are sponsoring, the this is the NWA podcast, helping to put on Mission Pro Wrestling's uh, tournament um, next month. That is essentially a, a tournament is der- basically derived of no storyline. The, there is a goal. There is an incentive. But these matchups have nothing to do with storyline. So 
Um, you could have a great match without having a storyline, but I don't feel like you get that real connection unless there is some sort of storyline behind it. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things that we talk about all the time on our show and the term that we use is prize fight, right? So, you know, a a prize fight is exactly what you're referencing, like a a tournament. That's a prize fight, in my opinion, because, I mean, it's literally they are going out there and competing in a tournament to try to win over and over to get a prize. Um, That's their motivation, Um, as opposed to like a grudge match, which really needs a storyline. You know what I mean? So there's there's that's kind of the two camps. And. You know, I think for me, you know, I love a good storyline. I love when storylines make sense. I love when they're authentic. You can buy into them. And we're, we're very critical on our show of that kind of stuff, no matter what the promotion, whether it's WWE or NWA. Um, but, I mean, storylines, like you said, they do help add to the buy-in. But I agree that they're not always totally necessary. But I would caveat that by saying it really depends on the personalities, right? It really depends on, um, so it may not be a direct storyline to that feud, but each each performer, each wrestler has a storyline that they've built up over their career, right? So you can look at, I just saw this online today. I don't know if you saw this, but there's going to be, a, in December, there's going to be a, a match for the 10 pounds of gold between Nick Aldis and uh, Brian Pillman Jr., Man, I'm stoked for that match. We were—I was talking to the the other guys from the podcast, and we're like, "Hey, we're gonna—we gotta go. It's in Tennessee. We're, we gotta—we gotta make it happen. You know, Rudy. we want to we be there." So it's—and there's no storyline there. I've never—I've ha- never seen them exchange Twitter beef. I've never seen. And now, if I know the NWA and Nick Aldis um, and even Brian Pillman, they're gonna do some media and some things that are gonna help build to this fight. But that's just a good example for, for me where it's like I'm immediately bought in because those two guys carry a legacy with them. You know, obviously Nick Aldis as one of the greatest, you know, NWA World's Heavyweight Champions ever. And then Brian Pillman Jr. with just his name and his his reputation in the industry right now. And he's kind of been all over, appeared on AEW. He's uh, in MLW. And so he's kind of made a name for himself. Um, and so, you know, uh, there's an instant buy-in to a fight like that. I, I know the motivation there. I know Brian Pillman Jr. wants a shot at the, the greatest championship in the world. And uh, Nick Aldis doesn't bow, uh, back down from a fight. So, you know, conversely, you look at when the announcement was made about Nick Aldis versus Mike Bennett. And a- as we know, that turned out to be an incredible prize fight with a great build. We got an episode of 10 pounds of gold surrounding it to help build that storyline. But right at first, there wasn't that immediate buy-in, you know, from the whole, the whole fandom. And right so there, there, there needed some storyline and some, some things to help build that. And so that's why I say it really depends on the two personalities and the two people involved. I mean, if you were to tell me today, you could just pick out two random people. If you were to say, Oh, you know, next month, Nick Aldis is going to fight, you know, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> you know, I have no reason to think they would actually hate each other, but I'd be bought into that because those two guys have built up themselves as these, you know, mammoth characters and fighters, and uh, they've proved it in the ring. So um, that's one thing. You know, I think back to when I was a kid and um, I liked storylines, you know, in the WCW, I was a WCW kid, and I loved kind of following the storylines. But the majority of the matches I saw had no storylines. You would just turn on WCW Saturday night, and it would open up, and it would just be Cactus Jack versus Z-Man for no reason, you know. And you'd be like, 
but but it was a good wrestling match, and so you liked it. So there's just there's various levels of things, and I think we are overly critical of of storylines because you know hey, we always reference this, but the WWE kind of is the beacon in the world, whether we like it or not, for pro wrestling, and they have become so storyline centric they can't do anything without a storyline. So much so that they'll just like pull a storyline out of their ass to make something make sense, <laughs> you know? And so that's, sure. we're kind of tainted by that whole mentality, but yeah, I mean, you know, it just, it, it's, there's a big picture to all this and, you know, sometimes it's necessary and sometimes it's not. Well, I, I want to further talk about uh, what you brought up the 10 pounds of gold, because I feel like that vehicle was created to do exactly what you just mentioned, to create interest, to create buzz. It was a storyline generating machine because you're right. Why was Cody Rhodes and Nick Aldis a thing? Well, because Cody, you know, his, he has ties to that NWA legacy. His pops was a former world's heavyweight champion. So, of course, there's that longing to be a part of that same club that his pops was. So that's your storyline. But if you if you just look on the surface, you just look at Cody Rhodes and you just look at Nick Aldis, hey, there's no reason for them to have any animosity whatsoever. In fact, uh, I think if you listen to Nick Aldis speak about Cody Rhodes, it's one of his favorite opponents because ultimately that match, that high-profile match, put Nick Aldis and the 10 pounds of gold into a spotlight that I think it wasn't even expecting for many years down the road. Um, but, but again, that's the power of the 10 pounds of gold. And when you watch that series over and over and over, I mean, James Ellsworth, who honestly should have been laughed out of the business years ago, is still the most viewed opponent for Nick Aldis on their YouTube channel because of that 10 pounds of gold, because they told a story. One million people have seen that match. That's more than any other NWA match that's been put out so far. Yep. And, and the reason why is because that 10 pounds of gold as such a versatile vehicle to get these storylines over. And it's not a necessity to have a good match, but I think it is a necessity to have a strong connection to a match. Because, again, borrowing from our youth, you, you're right. WCW did just showcase matches. Tom Zink versus Cactus Jack was just a match. But what about Vader versus Sting? Spin the wheel, make the deal. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. What about what about those promos that bash the beach with Vader and Sid and flip flops? You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's that dynamic, that storytelling had made that connection for me, and I can remember those promos vibrantly. I close my eyes and I can see them. Um, I can't necessarily tell you, uh, you know, uh, the match on primetime live with Dan Joseph and Dom Kubrick is is etched in my mind the same way. It just isn't because there was no storyline to support it. And, and I think, a, a, again, you could have a great match without a great storyline, but I really feel like to make that connection with the audience, it's it's borderline essential. Well, and, and you can definitely have a great match without a great storyline, because in my opinion, the best match so far of, uh, of Primetime Live has been Thunder Rosa and Priscilla Kelly. And that match had no storyline uh, i mean there was some promos and, and things like that but you know when we talk about storyline sometimes we talk about the believability and the authenticity of why these why these two fighters would would hate each other quote unquote or why they would you know that's kind of what we reference when we talk about storylines and to be honest like especially when there's a title involved i don't think i need that motivation necessarily and sometimes it's almost overkill to try to create that motivation 
Um, you know, again, I, I loved what they did with Nick Aldis and Mike Bennett um, and, you know, not critiquing that in any way. But to me, you know, it was enough motivation for me to, to for Mike Bennett just to say he's the, the world's champion and I want to I want to get at him, you know. Uh, and so I'm glad they added some more layers to that. And it was definitely beneficial and it definitely helped for the buy in. But just using that as an example of you know, that's enough motivation for me as a fan of prize fight wrestling, you know, that, that a Priscilla Kelly doesn't need to like hate Thunder Rosa. You know what I mean? She doesn't need to like despise her or have some kind of personal vendetta. She just needs to say, Hey, she's the NWA women's world's champion. And I want to be that. And so let's have a match, you know, and that's believable enough. And they put on a, a hell of a match. And it was, like I said, that for me, it was a highlight of primetime live so far. So, you know, it kind of comes down to that too. It's like if you're if, if you can get in there and you can put on a match of that caliber, um, and you can tell a story in the ring because those two ladies told a story in the ring. Um, you know, you talk about storylines, you can't ignore the in-ring storylines because we've seen it over and over where there's a lot of emphasis put on the outside of the ring story, and then the 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 uh, two competitors get in the ring and they just don't deliver. You know, because the that doesn't live up to the hype, and so you know, there's both sides of it. You got to have the in in ring and out of the ring storytelling. So yeah, you can absolutely have uh, you know a banger of a match without much story, and it's memorable. I mean, I'm going to be talking about that match for years and years because it it made such a, an impression on me. But um, but yeah, to your point, I mean, it's 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 not always 100 percent necessary. So let me ask you a question, just playing devil's advocate here. What do you think is the second most memorable match from Primetime Live? The second most memorable? memorable sorry. Um, it's all right. So for me, if I was ranking them, and obviously I'm biased, I'm a part of a podcast called This is the NWA. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be Thunder Rosa, Priscilla Kelly, number one. Very, very close second. I'm going to go Nick Aldis and Mike Bennett just because there was just – I was ready for NWA wrestling again. I was ready to see the 10 pounds of gold defended. And then um, uh, Aaron Stevens and Trevor Murdoch and, and that title change. So, you know, and, and there is some storyline behind two two out of three of those. That's um, that, except, That's my point. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I mean, except for the one on the top of my list uh, – there was some storyline developed and built for those matches. I mean, Trevor Murdoch and Aaron Stevens going all the way back to power that, that had been building. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's a mix for me of that top match was just so memorable that uh, it didn't need the same storyline. And, and I, I would argue that pretty much with the exception of maybe one match, everything that primetime live has done has been either. There's a handful of okay there's been more good than bad, and there's a couple of great matches. But you're right. I, I, you, I was hoping you would say it. You did. You, you, you backed up your boy there. You mentioned that national championship match that had the ties all the way back to Atlanta and the, uh, in the NWA power era. So that was a, a, an instance where maybe that wasn't even the best match on that card, but it certainly was a mem- memorable match because it pit two guys who we – we're invested in because of these storylines that we've been following. Again, the 10 pounds of gold did a great job of spotlighting miracle. Mike Bennett, somebody who I, I told you 
both publicly and privately, was not a big fan of and did not want to see that match and thought there were better alternatives until we started getting the rollout of, you know, your guys' interview with Mike Bennett, the 10 Pounds of Gold episode featuring Mike Bennett. And then I started to become a believer. That's what got me was that storyline. Again, the match that I'm most looking forward to on the next couple of weeks of primetime live, sure, they're going to crown a United World Champion. That's great. Sure, we're going to have Thunder Rosa again wrestling Serena Deep. The match that I want to see right now is Zicky Dice and the Pope, Elijah Burke, because he spit right in the dude's face. Yeah. And that, that storyline had nothing to do with power except for where those two were working before Primetime Live. And I'm already invested in that match because, again, the storytelling. They, they, they put something together that's, that's memorable. That's something that's going to pull me in. And, yeah, the prize, the prize is great. I don't think we're getting a six minutes and five second time limit on this match, but I think we will have a good solid match between two good competitors. And what brings us to the table is a storyline. That's what gets me invested. So again, just playing devil's advocate. This is an instance where I think the storyline was needed to make this match meaningful. You know, I'll, I'll add another thing, um, sticking with the primetime live uh, conversation here and storylines I think one thing that's needed as well is commentary being knowledgeable about who's in the ring, because one of the big difference makers and one of the things that we have consistently talked about week after week uh, in our primetime live after show is how good a job that Todd Kennelly and that whole commentary team has done of giving context for all these these wrestlers that we've never really been exposed to. So, you know, they'll come in and say they trained here, they've been a part of this, they've done this, they've done this. So if you're going to throw, you know, two guys or two girls in the ring together that we've never heard of, having that element in there really, you know, helps with that storyline or the absence of the storyline um, as well because there's, you know, a lot of our talking points in the after shows have been, you know, about some of the guys from, from new Japan strong and things like that. So like a lot of that is provided to us from the commentary and that, you know, you can tie that all the way back to when we were kids too. I mean, you go listen to, to Jim Ross and, and the guys that were in the WCW booth back in the day. And that, that's, that's what they did. That was their job. They treated it like they were a news anchor and they were bringing us the news about what was happening in the ring. And then the past, you know, of the guys that were in the ring. So I think that's a necessary element too. And so sometimes Uh a lot of these on primetime live, these guys will come in and they'll just, start going and I don't have any clue who like either of them are, but you know, four minutes into the match, I've already got like a really good picture of, of what's going on and who these guys are. So I think that commentary element is, is super important as well. And if you guys who are listening to this show right now or watching the show uh, are having questions about who these talents are that are appearing, please visit alliance-wrestling.com where weekly I pen an article that's a primer for primetime live that gives you all some of this, well, not all of it, but a lot of the background info that you're hearing from Todd Kennelly or, you know, Blake Troop or even Alyssa Mar- Marino. It's stuff that I'm writing about. I feel like I could join them right in that broadcast booth and fit right in because, uh, you know, I think that is an important part of the show. I think it's an important part of the storytelling. You have to know your history to understand what's happening in front of you. And uh, I-, I agree. Todd Kelly is great. The whole staff of that announce booth is great. Um, and I like to see that the-, the chair moves quite a bit and we get new faces in there. So nobody gets too stale. Hopefully we'll see more of those familiar faces 
back in that broadcast booth once again. Uh, yeah, I need Alyssa Moreno back as soon as possible. That was that was my big complaint from this past week was that, uh, you know, it's been a few weeks since she's been in the booth, and I just thought she, she adds just such a, a great element of, uh, of not just her ability but her knowledge of professional wrestling and, and all the talent. So uh, super, super important. Um, but so we've got uh, a few things coming up. You did mention it. And as a, as an official sponsor, I would be remiss if I didn't mention November 6th, Mission Pro Wrestling Tournament to Hell. Uh, the tournament brackets have been released. We've talked about them a little bit on our show. I'm sure we're going to dive into them a little more this Sunday night at 8 o'clock when we go live. Um, we've got, as I mentioned, uh, a, a world's title fight coming up in December between Nick Aldis and Brian Pillman Jr. And then coming up on Primetime Live this week, as you just mentioned, we've got a TV title match, Zicky Dice Ooh. versus the Pope, Elijah Burke. So I'm, I am super stoked about all the NWA uh, stuff coming up and NWA-related stuff. And then, as you mentioned, that UWN uh, World's title that's that they've unveiled. So be interesting to see where they go with that. So, man, a lot going on in, in the world of uh, the hashtag NWA fam, uh, not just in the NWA, but with some of these connections that we have to uh, to other stuff. So that's what, what I've got coming up. J. Cal, what, uh, what's coming up for you guys this coming week? Well, so, okay, we we do our version of uh, the pre-party, the, the pre-show, if you will. It is the pre-party with J.Cal. We do that every Tuesday at uh, 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Pacific, and we're getting you hyped up. Again, it's kind of a primer for the uh, primetime live. Plus, we go over some of the news and information surrounding the United Wrestling Network and the National Wrestling Alliance. Of course, Thursday nights, much like our brothers over at the This is the NWA podcast, me, former junior heavyweight champion Kevin Frazier, and DKM give our take on what's happening with Primetime Live and, and give our reviews and recaps of what's going on, as well as adding whatever is late-breaking and, and news information for the United Wrestling Network and the NWA. And, of course, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention we have a little project that we've been working on, and I'm hoping to release it maybe this Monday, maybe the following Monday, but we're working on a... Uh, a retrospective of the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship. Um, we're just in the editing process, but it should be coming out soon. It's going to be like a seven-part series, maybe a maybe an eight-part series. We'll see. But if you're a fan of junior heavyweight wrestling and three guys who like to talk about wrestling, uh, I recommend everyone check that out too. Uh, of course, we'll we'll put posts on social media. You guys can follow it there. Very very cool. I can't wait to check that out. And that's going to be at uh, alliance-wrestling.com. Yes, sir. Thank you so Always. much for the plug. Always, man. Well, I am Hey It's Will. Uh, you can find us at the NWAPod.com. And uh, as I just mentioned, J. Cal from Alliance-Wrestling.com. So uh, keep tuned in over there for everything uh, coming up that he just mentioned. But J. Cal, as always, man, such a pleasure to chat with you, uh, even just for a few minutes every Friday. And, uh, man, I hope you have a great weekend. I hope everyone watching this, listening to this, whatever, that you're having a great day. And, uh, hey, we'll see you guys soon. Get positive, stay positive, brother. Woo! That's right.